Yeah. Wow, I'm dressed up like a ninja. <laughs> ninja Dave. Ninja Dave. So this is a really cool studio. I love I love how much work. This is a far cry from the uh, serial killer basement that we did it's our not first a show. Far cry from the serial killer basement. And this it's, is it's not done. <laughs> It's it's slightly further along than the serial. I killer. didn't say this is your really nice, fully completed studio, no. but it is it is much much better, and I I love these uh, couches. This is a comfortable. This is way more comfortable than our normal setup. Way for more doing a podcast. <laughs> it's also fun. I this makes me wish that I was that we were closer so that we could be doing the podcast together. Yeah. Um. The you know Zoom type call works for us but it would be cool if we could do it face to face definitely it feels it feels different feels more natural so it's way better yeah it's way better so you should move to california there you go that's the only explanation <laughs> it's, it's it's easier for you to move uh yourself your wife and your five children than for me because i just don't like michigan as much yes exactly so it's cold winters if you just the nice thing about California is the living, the cost of living is very low. And so <laughs> along with the taxes yeah, and uh, just, yeah. just come out there and all real the laws, estate. Yep. It's, it's the perfect Shangri-La. Exactly. And that's why <laughs> everyone's moving there. <laughs> yeah. That's why everyone's staying to Cal in California are moving to it right now. <laughs> I hear on the news how I, all these people are moving Look, to California. One or two people. I mean, Joe Rogan moved out. Yep. He's sort of an outlier. Tesla, um, I think, is moving out. Elon Musk and the entire Tesla company. Yeah. Other than that, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty much Silicon Valley is dispersing. Okay. <laughs> Other than that, though. Other than that. Yeah. You've still got a lot of people that want to be actors and actresses moving to. To California? Yeah, or to people- Georgia? Where a lot of movies are being filmed. Split half and half right now. Okay. <laughs> now, but um, it's cool. I'm The reason I'm here now is because it's close to Christmas. Yes. So <clears throat> you have, your, your family is here, your immediate family, mm-hmm. but your extended family is in Tennessee. So my wife's, yeah, my in-laws are yeah, in Tennessee. that's what I meant. There's just a couple of them. Are you planning on going to Tennessee this year? So we always go the day after Christmas. We we make the great drive down. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a good trip. What do you suppose you guys are going to do when you're down? What do you typically do while you're down there? Yeah, well, um, we do Christmas. Uh, and we also typically go for a, what is it, a quail hunt? which is a lot of fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. We, we take quail that have lived their entire life in a cage mm-hmm. and then we hide them in bushes. I don't, but the people that we hire okay. to do this, do this. Okay. They hire them to put them in bushes and then we walk down. They're basically corn rolls, right? Like, okay. uh, I don't know what they plant. Do they fly? A little bit. <laughs> so they, so they like hide them in these holes. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> You're quail hunting, shooting at the ground. No, no, they're not shooting at the ground. So then we, so the dogs f- followed the guy around, 
and the dogs and the guy know where all the quail are. We don't. So it's a total surprise to us. So, it, so to you, it feels like hunting. It does. And for the quail, it feels like hunting. <laughs> and the people Actually, who are in charge the- are like, <laughs> there's another bush you just passed, FYI. <laughs> you never know. There might be a quail in there. No, there those that that guy actually goes with us with the dog. So he and the dog, they already know where everything is. And so, so you see him like turning right, like turn right. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually walk down these aisles. Okay. And he knows there's like three in this spot and four in that spot. And so then he, like the dog will go and point its nose at a spot. And he's like, oh, I think there's some in here. He knows there's some in there. Yeah. And then he kicks at the grass, right? And then the quail, they're afraid. They they start flying away. And then... How high do they get up? They get about 15 feet. Oh, okay. So their wings aren't clipped or something. No. No. Okay. But they've never flown in their lives for the most part. Uh, they live in a cage. So I've seen the cages. This is so terrifying for me. I'm going to give flight a try. <laughs> So we do that and we also go skeet shooting. I have this niece who she, she couldn't weigh 60 pounds and uh, she's got this 12 gauge shotgun and Mm -hmm. and she pull and she, she go bam, bam, bam. And like, it's a semiotic, semi-automatic shotgun. Yeah. And she boom, boom, boom. But each time she shoots, the gun gets higher. It's the scariest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Well, it sounds like the kind of thing that your 12-year-old Stevie would love to do. Yes. But unfortunately, he doesn't have a gun. Yeah. So So I guess he won't be able to do it this year. Guess not. Maybe another year. Maybe a different year. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll know the joke by the time he sees this. But yes. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't I wouldn't give away Christmas presents. No. Actually give away. No, you can't give away that. Although if you are watching this later, that's right. There is no Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how did Davey know that Santa was going to get me a gun? So from a past year where we did this, we went shooting okay. around Christmas time. We did this in a field where there were going to be cows, and you can't leave the casings. You're not allowed to shoot the cows. Not allowed to shoot the cows, <laughs> but you can't even leave the casings for the bullets because the cows it. could eat it, and it tears up their insides or something. And so, um, so I collected all It'll the casings. It'll show up in a hamburger. And uh, <laughs> so, a couple of years ago, I collected all the casings. Okay. And and the thought was maybe someday I'll get into reloading ammo, and uh, and so. So I have this box full of shotgun shells and all sorts of uh, brass. And so my kids found this. And they're very excited about Christmas. Okay. And so they they made some artwork that they wanted me to show on the show. Show on the show. So this is the original one. Okay. This is Stevie's American flag. It's got, wow. uh, it's got a blue stripe. For the police. For the police, yep. The blue blue lives matter. So there's supposed take to be thirteen rows, Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He made this out of bullets. <laughs> it's not strange at bullets all. Bullets and hot glue. <laughs> it's a so, good Tennessee activity. So my daughter, she Rose didn't want to be outdone. You're not hunting quail with these though. No, those we were just shooting at that point. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> why do I keep missing? 
<laughs> you gotta, what, what are these? Those are a nine combination millimeter? of 9 millimeter, 45, and 40. Yeah, it's not. It's good for shooting a cow, but not for a bird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, very so cool. So Rose didn't want to be outdone. Okay. So she made us... A person. <laughs> now, a scary person. It, it is a little scary. <laughs> what? <laughs> After I stopped laughing, uh, I said, "That's a great little voodoo doll you made." Yeah, Rose, um, made of bullets. Yeah, hide the pins. <laughs> so she was. She honestly, she wasn't very happy that we were joking about her doll. Okay. So she made version two point Version two point has. <laughs> She made Ursula. It, it, <laughs> this is I, a dress. I couldn't get a person right, so I made an octopus. And you may notice that it has hair made with hot glue. Oh, okay. And she even cut the hair nicely. This so. one has hair too, but I think that's just from extra hot learning glue. how to use hot glue. I think so. Oh, Ursula's leg fell. We're going to have to hot glue this leg back because it just fell. Oh, you broke it. Now it has to hop. Oh, we don't want Rose to know that. We won't show. She doesn't watch the show. <laughs> Dave, that's broke. hilarious. Okay, but then did you give it to me broken, and so you could frame no, me? No, you did that. You oh, broke that. Darn it! This was Rose is going to be thing. so upset with you. I'll try and make it up to her. You won't be able to. She'll be inconsolable. Story of your life. <laughs> She'll be inconsolable when she sees this. All right. Okay. All right. And you got another one. So, but then I wa- like, and this was all happened while I was working. Right, I was down here working, and I didn't know any of this was happening. So this was hilarious to me. Like I didn't see any of this coming. Yeah. And so then I walk in and I see the kids replaced the star on our tree with the bullet nice. star. <laughs> This is a you might be a redneck if your tree has a star made out of bullets. Yes. <laughs> and I wouldn't, I would put my family in the category of we have hunted and right. will shoot. Yes. But it's not a core it's not foundational a idea of what we do. Um, and so, yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. My kids' artwork has has taken a darker, darker uh, direction. Well, now it's tradition because you've got the you've got the star on the tree. The, the star on the tree, yeah. They Jeez. can fight over who hangs it. Because when I think of the star, the Christmas star. This is an air hose. No, that's actually a 410 oh, it is? shell. Oh, okay. Look like a, um, this is a what shell? It's a 410. Okay. It's just a smaller a small shotgun one. Okay. belt. Looks like round. somebody cut an air hose. It does look an it, airline and they are like very a, similar size, but, uh, yeah. So when I think of the Christmas star, I think of it's made out of bullets. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. So the quail hunting, that sounds, that sounds like it's going to be a good time. Hopefully it you is. can take some pictures or and my brother-in-law, Seth will make, make a awesome lunch. We typically will have like bison burgers or something cool like that. Oh, cool. And uh, he'll put together a nice spread. That's a lot of fun. And my my wife has 11 brothers. So because 
there's a lot of boys in the family. And then there's been a couple guys that have married into the family. And uh, so we have. It's a massive gathering. It's a of massive men. gathering of men. We have talked about that on our, in a previous show where we showed your family and you described Christmas being even back in August, we were talking about Christmas because it's really amazing when you see they don't subscribe to the secret Santa or just buy one for your closest relative or whatever. Everybody buys something for everybody. So you have hundreds of presents Yeah, because it's compounded. Everyone yeah, brings, count, but we've, we bought something in the run, in the area of 60 to 70 gifts. Yeah. But then that's you guys, but every single person is buying yeah. between 15 and 30. Yeah. And so it all goes into one room and you can't see the tree because yeah. it's under all the presents. Yeah. You can't yeah. see half it's the unbelievable. people. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Jimmy? We lost Jimmy. <laughs> so Excuse yeah, me. it's, it's a good time though. Uh, my kids love it because when you get 30 cousins mm -hmm. all in one place and they, they've got a couple of acres, so they go on the backyard and, you know, play on heavy machinery and stuff. It's awesome. It's good. Very cool, man. So you want to get into Romans chapter seven? Yeah. So Romans seven we're doing 18 through 20 and this is struggling with sin continued from yesterday and i know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature i want to do what is right but i can't i want to do what is good but i don't i don't want to do what is wrong but i do it anyway but if i do what i don't want to do i'm not really the one doing wrong it is sin living in me that does it. So that's almost, it's almost a, a mirror of what we said yesterday. Yeah, it is It's almost the exact same thing. And it's like, nothing good lives in me. One of the things that is, it sounds extreme and I don't know how to say it in a way that doesn't make, that doesn't turn everybody off and sound wrong. Because if, if you take it literally, it is wrong, but I feel like it's the best, it's the best description of what I experienced. And I said that I am the devil. Okay. And what I mean by that is not that there isn't a separate entity called the devil because the Bible talks about that. But since I am going through my life, generally trying to, you know, be the best that I can be those times when I have gone way outside the margins, the times where you'd look back and say, yeah, you, you were listening to the devil or you did something that was, you know, really, really bad. If you were to look inside my head at the moment that I made the decision, I, I wasn't listening to what I perceive as a third party. It wasn't like I saw you know, it wasn't like the cartoons where I've got the good angel on one shoulder and the bad angel, or the demon on the other shoulder. And I'm like, hmm, should I do evil or good? I'm going to do evil. It's like, I don't look at the devil and go, yeah, okay, I'll listen to you this once. It's really that in the moment, my sinful nature has sprung up. And whether it's covetous or lustful or envious or angry or you know, 
doesn't matter what the spirit is. Something inside me gets aroused and I serve that nature. Hmm. And it's always in my mind, obviously it's what I would rather do. So it's almost like I convince myself that doing the wrong thing is, even though I can say it's probably not right, given this situation, it's the better of the two options. I'm going to benefit more from doing this thing that, you know, you could say quote wrong. And, um, I've never felt like a third party was pulling me to do something evil. I was always just being selfish. And so the idea of, um, the competition, as far as I perceive it right now is that I have the relationship and the Holy spirit dwelling within me. And when I do something that violates that spirit, I can feel it sort of go away where it's like, I've switched tracks and I'm now serving my old self. And the other side of it is what am I serving? I'm serving that, you know, gremlin, like you describe it, that's living in me. That's aroused. Like, Ooh, we shouldn't do that. But wouldn't that be tasty? It's like, so then I go, yes, it would. And I go serving that. The Bible describes it as a devil, but the way I experience it is it's all me. I only hear my own voice in my head yeah. as far as I can discern it. And so <clears throat> it says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. I've examined the kind of motives and desires that just seem to wake up at certain points. I didn't ask for it. I didn't seek it out. It just showed up without me inviting it as far as I can perceive. Yeah. And so, and I know that nothing good is in there because it's always selfish. It's always sneaky. It's always conniving and it's always clever that it's tricking me into stuff. And he says, that's my sinful nature and I want to do what it's right, but I can't because you can't always do what's right when you always want to do what's wrong. It's very rare that we do what we don't want to do in the face of we can't perceive that it matters. What am I going to do for the next hour? If we don't have, if we, if you don't know what matters, it's hard to just do something you don't want to do because ultimately it's technically good. And what you really want to do is technically evil. It's like, yeah, but I really want to do it. Yeah. And I've done it before. It didn't kill me last time. It's easy just to do it again. Yep. So, yeah. And we're getting back into this. I, it's not really you that's doing it. Right. It, it starts out saying nothing good lives in me. Mm-hmm. And then it says, I'm not really the one doing the wrong. It's the sin that's living in me. And so you are the devil, either you're the devil or the devil's living in you, but that's sort of the, yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, you can say devil or sin, but like it's, it's, there's this thing that's causing you. See, I would say it's causing you to sin. He would say it's the sin that's causing me to do wrong. It's kind of interesting. We see sin as the thing that's wrong. He sees sin as the thing that's causing you to do things that are wrong. But um, yeah, he almost describes sin as kind of like a state of being like we're slaves to the law of sin and death, meaning everything we're living, everything we're doing is sinful. 
Yeah. I mean, the epiphany that I've, I know I'm repeating myself a lot, but the epiphany that I had was I felt like I needed, I was always told to repent of our sin. Mm-hmm. And because I always thought sin was those few bad things that I could identify, that was always the only thing I was repenting of. And what, what Jesus calls is to give up everything in this life. And that's when I realized, oh, I have to give up the things that I think are good because I don't get to define what's good and evil anymore. So if I give my life, you right, I'm giving up myself, which includes the sin and the bad, but it also includes the things that I think are good. My job and my family and the stuff that I want to do, my dreams and the vacations I look forward to, like all the things that are not wrong necessarily in and of themselves, but they're just every single decision. Everything I'm living for is not, doesn't have uh, God in the picture at all. Yeah. It's not living in service to him. It's living totally service to me. And I realize, huh, every single thing I've done, no matter how significant or insignificant was sinful because it was serving myself. Yeah. It was serving in a, and you go, wow, I don't have, I have to repent of the things that are bad. Those get lumped in with basically every single thing I've done for the last nine years, because it was wholly committed to myself. Yeah. And myself, as it says here is the enemy. It's, or well, it is and it isn't right because it says I'm not really the one doing wrong. Yeah, so it's, he's making a he's making a distinction between that core soul essence of himself. There's a you versus, that's not bad. There's a you that's born again, I think, and then there's a something living in. Time you. will tell when we get there. You'll know, <laughs> <laughs> Dave. There's this other thing that's living in you. That's your sinful nature. So or at least this is how this is presenting it. Yeah. And, and that's, so, that's where, that's where I'm trying to say Paul's making a distinction. And I think it's true. There's like an essence of you at your core. Mm-hmm. And then there is everything you want, the way you think your values, your actions, in your memories, all these things is like a separate thing. That's, that's completely a slave to sin being just the structure of this world and living only for the, this temporal position. So yeah, they are two different things, but what's fascinating is if you, if you, um, when you take inventory of yourself or you consider yourself, it's very hard to make a distinction between the core you that obviously has value, has so much value that, you know, Christ died to save it. So there's obviously there's that that exists. But when we think of ourselves, it's very hard for us to see the difference between that part of us and everything that we say, think, uh, act, all our memories. It's hard to divorce everything that we can tangibly see that represents us from the essence of us at our core. Yeah. And so if you say, 
if you're thinking of all those things as you and you lump that in with the good, then you're in trouble. But if you lump that core essence of you with the bad, it seems like you're closer to accurate because when we think of ourselves, it's going to include all those things that make us up. Yeah. The stuff that's our hobbies, you know, the way we act with people, the people we, we don't like, the people that we're annoyed with, you know, the stuff that we think is really funny and the stuff that really ticks us off, our bad habits, our good habits, our charming personality, the the stupid thing that we say and we put our foot in our mouth, all those things. When I think of myself, I lump, I see all that as me. I'm just this mismatch of a big mess. And Paul's making a distinction between like the core, you know, drill a hole through the center of your body. And it's like, you have an essence that has value. Mm -hmm. Everything that you're doing with this sinful nature is completely clouding this God came to save that core, but the only way you can do anything else is to get rid of all the other stuff yep. and let it be replaced with, with him. Yes. With him. That's exactly it. Yeah. We, we become slaves to Christ. Yes. So I think we have to end it right there. We I think so. We can't add on that. <laughs> Plus it's a, it's a repeat of yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did pretty good for a for a total do-over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep racing.